Welcome to our Frontline City Church podcast. This message will activate and inspire you in the supernatural love of God to find your purpose and reach your destiny through Christ. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Next turn. (laughs) Awesome, guys. Really, really, really blessed to be here. Really, really honored and privileged to be able to share with you guys. And yeah, it's been awesome uh, just gathering with the team, the Next Gen team. It's been really fun working towards this weekend. A lot of fun. Um, I just want to first say thanks so much to mom and dad for letting us um, do our thing here on stage this morning, for trusting us. We are a bit of a wild bunch, but thanks so much for trusting us. Um, So the message this morning I wanted to continue in the vein of last week, we did Pentecost, we spoke about the infilling of the Spirit, but this week I want to talk about why are we infilled with the Spirit? What is the purpose behind Pentecost? Why did the Lord send the Holy Spirit? And as I minister and as I share the revelation, it's not going to be a long word because I want some time at the end to just really meet with the Holy Spirit, really just just let Him minister to us. Um, but as I minister, I want you to trust for an encounter for yourself. I want you to expect an encounter for yourself. Think about your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Think about, is it where I want it? Is it where... I saw the old church in the Acts. Is it where, is my relationship look like that? And just get for yourself a hunger. Get for yourself what you want from God this morning. And just trust for it. As I minister, just pray in tongues. Just ask the Lord what, 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 what He wants from you this morning. Right, so let's jump into the Word. Uh, 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 before we get started, there's some protocol the next gen we have agreed if I say hallelujah you got to say amen okay hallelujah amen okay so the Lesotho people know how to do this it's a really good trick Um, so if if I feel like you guys aren't paying attention or you're falling asleep I'm going to say hallelujah Uh, almost hallelujah amen okay hey (laughs) that's how it's done awesome guys Um, so so let me start the message off by saying who the Holy Spirit is. And we talked a bit about it last week, so I don't want to harp on it too long. But just for those that maybe missed last week, I want to talk about who the Holy Spirit is first. Introduce the Holy Spirit. And, and even before I do that, let me actually just pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit that you are in this place. We are gathered here. There's two or more of us, Lord, and your word is clear that where there's two or more gathered in your name, there you are. We just invite you, Holy Spirit, come into this place. Just minister into our hearts, minister into our spirits, ignite fires within us, Lord God. Just just talk to us. I thank you that we are your sheep and your sheep hear your voice, mighty God. I thank you that you will just minister to us and let no word flow from my mouth that is not of you, Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am not up here in my own strength. I thank you that all I have to do is be a vessel. Praise you, mighty God. Give you glory, honor, and praise. Amen. Amen. Thanks, I Just now, you can take a rest. We'll have the band up later for altar call and stuff. Awesome. Um, okay, so let's start off with who the Holy Spirit is. So, the Holy Spirit is introduced in the beginning of the Bible. In Genesis, we see the first verse uh, that I'm going to talk about today is Genesis 1 verse 2, and we see the Holy Spirit hovering over the water. We'll, we'll read it now, but basically, 
what the Holy Spirit is, is it's God's active force on earth. Whenever God moves on earth, he moves through the Holy Spirit. And, and another facet of the Holy Spirit that I think is so interesting is when you actually think about the word spirit, and if you think about your own spirit, it's, it's an intimate part of who you are. So the Holy Spirit is the intimate side of the Lord. When you are in relationship with the Holy Spirit, you are in relationship with the most intimate part of God. The Bible says, who knows your thoughts except the man's spirit? Likewise, the spirit knows God's thoughts because it is God's spirit. And when we have the honor and privilege of coming into union with God's spirit, we have the honor and privilege of coming into the most intimate part of God. Because that is the most intimate part of God. That's the in, it's, it's his internal spirit. Um, so let's read that first verse in Genesis 1 verse 2. So Genesis 1 verse 2 says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So that's the first time we see the, the Holy Spirit mentioned. And the Holy Spirit is a creator. He is creative. We, we know that the rest of the story, it says God spoke, and basically the Holy Spirit then actioned that out, and all, all of creation came into being, and through, through the Holy Spirit, creation was made. Um, so that's kind of who the Holy Spirit is. And just a reminder that the Holy Spirit's a person. It's a person and you, you have personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's not this, this concept or this idea. It's an actual facet of God that we are reliant upon in our lives. Right. Um, okay, so the next thing I want to talk about is how, how is the Holy Spirit typically interacted with man throughout history? So in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit is there. Don't get me wrong, he's there, he's throughout the whole of the, Holy, the, the Old Testament, but the relationship of man and Holy Spirit is slightly different in the Old Testament versus the New Testament. In the Old Testament, we see the Holy Spirit typically comes upon um, individuals for specific tasks or purposes, specific leaders. Some examples are Joseph, the Holy Spirit came upon him to be able to interpret dreams and to be able to be put into a place of authority so that he could save Israel at the end of the day. Um, then there's, what's, what's his name? Uh, Bezalel. He, the Holy Spirit came upon him and he was anointed for a task. So his task was to design the, the tabernacle. So God put his Holy Spirit on him for a specific purpose and a specific task. Then you get all the examples of the prophets and David and Saul. You know, all the stories where the Holy Spirit was upon him. And then, well, Saul, and then he decided to grieve the Holy Spirit. He didn't want to listen to the Holy Spirit, didn't want to do it God's way. And the Holy Spirit left him and, and things went really bad for him. Uh, and even right up till Mary, we see that the Holy Spirit came upon Mary and the Holy Spirit was on her for a specific purpose. And the purpose was to bear Jesus. And now that concept doesn't fade away in the New Testament. But because we are given the Holy Spirit for a purpose. We are anointed for a purpose. And that purpose is to minister the Word of God to all the ends of the earth. You've got the Holy Spirit for a reason. And today we're going to talk about why you have, that, why you have the Holy Spirit. So the difference in the, the, the New Testament, though, is, and we, we'll get into it, but it's instead of the Holy Spirit coming upon you and resting upon you, He comes in you. Amen. And it almost intertwines with your spirit. Your spirit and God's spirit intertwine, and it becomes one united spirit. And, and basically, 
And as Logan alluded to earlier, you become like God because you have the Spirit of God within you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So <laughs> let's read. Let's, let's now jump into the New Testament. Let's read about when we see the Holy Spirit coming into the New Testament. So Matthew 3, verse 16 to 17. So the, the verse here says, And when Jesus was baptized, immediately the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. So in the Old Testament, we saw the Holy Spirit was there to create and to anoint for a specific purpose. That is exactly the same in the New Testament, with a bit of a twist, though. He's still creating in the New Testament. However, we are the new creations. He, he had an initial creation and it fell away. But then he came back and now he's recreating humanity through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, through that unity with God so that we can become like God, which was our original design. We were created in the image of God. And, um, so, and Jesus was the first of that new creation. The Holy Spirit, in partnership with Jesus, kind of paved this way for this new creation, this new, what, what, what is actually supposed to be us as Christian, the new creation moving into the, the rest of all, from the New Testament right up until present day. We are called to be a new creation born into the Spirit of God, and that is through the Holy Spirit. It's through what Jesus did for us. So now I'm going to start getting into the, the crux of the message, and it's, so why did Jesus send the Holy Spirit? So just to recap on the story, uh, you'll remember from uh, we had um, Ascension Day a couple of weeks back where, the Holy, where Jesus said, guys, I'm going to go be with my Father in heaven. And, but don't worry, it's a good thing because I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to you and uh, you're going to receive power and I'm going to go to be with the Father so that you can have the Spirit. Then what happened was the, the Holy Spirit came down in Pentecost. We spoke about it last week, and the disciples were filled, and all these powerful things happened. But now we want to talk about why did the Holy Spirit come down? What was the purpose? So, first and foremost, this I thought was really interesting, and I really enjoyed learning about this. So God desires to be among his creation. We see in Genesis, right in the beginning, God walked with man in the garden. The original design of humanity was to be in step with God. It was to be walking with him in unison. And then we fell away. And then in the Old Testament, we see that God still desires to be among his creation. But then he has to have this tabernacle because the people, there's, no, there's the law and the, the, the connection is completely severed and sin has entered the world and there's kind of this, sin is like a block. You can't really, God can't be in the presence of sin. So what God then had to do was create the law and all the law basically did was to sanctify the people of Israel so that God could dwell among his people again. Um, and then they built the tabernacle which as mom's preached before, the really interesting message about how we are actually also built after the tabernacle, body, soul, spirit. Um, so, so in the Old Testament, they had the tabernacle for, for God's dwelling place. In the New Testament, uh, we see on the day of Pentecost, there was those pillars of fire or the tongues of fire above the disciples' head. And that was an image of the pillar of fire that was above the tabernacle. 
So, so in the New Testament, we become the tabernacle of God. So the first and foremost reason why God has sent the Holy Spirit to live within us is because He desires to be among His creation. You know? So, so the, the, the verse I want to read here is 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19. It says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you, have, whom you have from God? You are not your own. That is crazy. So, so God has ordained you. He has separated you. He has anointed you by placing His Holy Spirit in you to be a dwelling place, to be a temple of God, to be God's housing point here on earth so that He can minister out and expand that kingdom. Um. And, and part of this vein is that we are, the, the Holy Spirit also sanctifies us. So in order to be a dwelling place of God, in order to be a tabernacle of God, we need to be sanctified, which means to be set apart. And that is one of the key roles of the Holy Spirit is to sanctify, to set you apart. It's to show that you are different from the world. The Bible says you can't, the world won't be able to receive the Holy Spirit. The world won't recognize the Holy Spirit, won't see the Holy Spirit. But they need to see the difference in you because you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And we'll get to it just now that your whole character and your whole personality and who you are completely transforms when you become, when you join and partner with the Holy Spirit. So the, one of my, one of, another one of my favorite uh, topics is that God created us to be partners with Him. He created us to be partners and co-heirs. And if you don't believe me, let me take it back to the beginning. So God created us in His image and He gave us dominion over all the earth. Why would He do that? Because He wants to be in partnership. He, doesn't, he can obviously do it by Himself. He's God. But He wants... He's, he's created us so that He can invite us to walk in partnership with Him over His creation. And even in the New Testament, we see that Jesus has called us to be heirs and even co-heirs with Christ. And what that means is still the same message. We are called to have dominion over the world. We are called to represent Jesus in the world, and we do that through partnership. <laughs> Hello, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Um, right, so let's have a look at, uh, on this vein of partners and co-heirs, let's look at Genesis 1, verse 26 to 27. So it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over all the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God has called us to have dominion. Oh, there's more. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So God created us to be in partnership with him. And that is part of what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to bring us back into that place of partnership, no longer a place of we are now under the oppression of the world. The world is ruling us, not the other way around. The Holy Spirit wants to invite you into that place of becoming co-heir and becoming partners of God. So that's one of the reasons why Jesus had to send the Holy Spirit. He says, guys, okay, you were created. Your original design was to be in partnership with God. We need to get back into that place. Here's the Holy Spirit. He's going to sanctify you. He's going to set you apart. And He's going to enable you to become partners with God and co-heirs with God. Right, so the next verse, Romans 8, verse 16 to 17. So 
The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. So this is about dying to yourself. This is about laying down your life. Uh, Logan actually spoke about it earlier, laying down your life so that you can find it in Christ, in the Holy Spirit. So to summarize that section, the Holy Spirit restores you to your original design. He transforms you so that you are sanctified, set apart, and you do not look like the world anymore, but you look like God, who your creator is. And something around this that I just want to share around transformation is my own personal testimony. So I love sharing my testimony because it's just, it's the one thing that no one can deny. You can get any scholar that wants to come in and argue about theology, but the one thing that no one can ever deny is my personal experience with God. Um, so my testimony, so I'll keep it short, uh, brief, but make, making sure I don't spare the juicy details. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, Logs loves it when I tell this testimony. But um, so, so basically, long story short is I, the person you see standing before you today was not the person you would have seen, I think, what's it, five years now or so ago. It's completely different. Night and day. You can ask the people I went to high school with. When they see me now at these like reunion things that we have, they don't understand it. They can't believe that, oh my word, what? What? That like I, I think a lot of them probably thought I'd be dead by now or, you know, <laughs> somewhere in some crazy place. But but basically I in, throughout high school and out uh, in varsity, I was just I was in church but really just not, I was, if you want to call it, I was being a hypocrite. I was preaching one thing, saying, no, you know, I'm a Christian. No, you know, I'm on the band. I'm in youth. No, it's cool. But then on the weekends after youth, I'd go party hard. Lots of all the things, uh, lots of drinking, drugs, everything, all the stuff you want to name it. Um, and that was my lifestyle for a very long time. Playing church, but not actually living the revelation of the Holy Spirit. And what happened was, and it wasn't this extravagant event, like uh, not like a Damascus event where I would be walking and Jesus came and just boom and this huge sparks flying and I had to change my life. But it was actually just the Holy Spirit continuing to allow the Holy Spirit to convict me and not ignoring that conviction. That's a very important thing. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit by ignoring what He's trying to say to you. So the one thing that I really think kept me from losing my way entirely was the fact that I never let, I never ignored the conviction. Yes, I repented about a hundred times, but I never ignored the fact that there's this something inside of me telling me that this is wrong. It is the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And I never allowed that to, to disappear. I never ignored it. And one day I just said, okay, Lord, sure. Uh, I'm feeling really convicted now. And I really am sick of feeling convicted. I'm really, really tired of having to repent to you so many times. And your words just don't count. Your blood is common. Don't count the sacrifice that I've done as common. Because part of what Jesus did for us is to transform you. It's part of it, part of the grace. And what Logan said is, is empowering you to be set free. And I was denying that facet of the gospel. I was saying, Lord, I'll take the re- re- repentance, but I won't take the transformation. And then... And then what then so then I just said to the Lord, I made a decision, and it was one decision, but it was then the same decision made daily. And I said, Lord, 
I'm so sick of this double life. I don't want to be addicted. I'm in bondage. And like, you know, I can't even go like an hour without a cigarette. I can't spend one weekend without getting totally zonked or whatever. Um, <laughs> and I was just sick of it. You know, you get really over it. And, um, <laughs> and I just decided, you know, Lord, I'm done with this. I am surrendering my life at your feet. And I've, I've heard it preached. You can do it. It will be done. And we were actually on the way to a conference at MBCFC, and I was like, you know, Lord, this is a good time to actually do this. So I just went to the altar, and I just laid it down, and I said, Lord, I'm serious about this. Let's do this. There wasn't anything major. I had a cry session there, but that's happened many times before. But the difference was that I woke up the next day, and I made the same decision. And then I woke up the next day, and I made the same decision. So it's that same decision made daily that brought about that transformation. Because I know this is a question a lot of people ask. They say, yes, the Lord transforms. Yes, the Lord sets free. But how? And it's about that daily decision. It's saying it's making the decision, making it again and again and again. And even when you mess up, you continue to make the decision. Ah, oh, oh, flip, I had a smoke. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Or, or, you know, I stumbled in this area. But I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to make the decision. I'm done. I'm free. You know? And daily declaring the word of God over your life, saying, Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. And, um, yeah, basically, then, long story short, here we are. That was in sometime in early late 2017, early 2018 or something like that. But here we are, and I'm a completely new creation. The Word of God is true, guys. You are a new creation born into the Spirit of God when you allow the Holy Spirit to do His thing in your life. So that's just a testimony I wanted to share on that acid, that facet of being transformed by the Holy Spirit because He guides us. He wants to be there. He wants to help you. And... And I think one of the major things, now moving on from the testimony into back into why we've received the Holy Spirit, is so that we can look like Jesus. So Jesus came. He was the, like, like I said earlier, the Holy Spirit wanted to, he, he's, he's in the business of creating. He's in the business of creation. So Jesus said, okay, or the Holy Spirit said, okay, no, we need new creation. Yeah, so, well, but the, the, the Trinity planned this all together, I'm sure. But then they said, no, we need a new creation. And Jesus came to be the first of that new creation. The Bible calls it, Jesus is the new Adam. Uh, and basically what that means is he's the new creation. He's the new human. He is the new mold, the new framework. So Jesus isn't supposed to be an exception. He was supposed to be the first of many brothers, the first of many brothers and sisters. We are supposed to look like Jesus. He is the Lord. He is the Savior. He is the Most High. He is the ultimate. Um, and we surrender under Him. But in that surrender under Him, in that yielding to the Holy Spirit, we are supposed to look like Him. Amen. And uh, so, so in Romans 8 verse 26, we see that, it's difficult to look like Jesus, right? I mean, he was perfect without blemish. He lived a radical, radical life, but he lived yielded completely to the Holy Spirit, and that's how he did it. So we cannot look like Jesus in our own power. We cannot do it in our own power. You need the Holy Spirit, and that is why we have the Holy Spirit. So Romans 8 verse 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So you can't really do anything in your own strength. You, you can barely pray in your own strength. 
because you don't actually know what you need. Um, but the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit knows where your weaknesses are. And all you need to do is yield that to Him. And the Bible says when you are weak, He is strong. We, are, we were never to be designed to be created um, and strong in our own power. We are, compl- we are, like I said, we are called to be in partnership with God. We are the vessels of God's power. Your strength does not lie in yourself. Your strength lies within your spirit with the Holy Spirit. Um, then the next verse is Acts 1 verse 8. So this is about one of the aspects of Jesus was that he moved with power. Wherever Jesus went, there was miracles, there were signs, there was wonders. And we need to look the same. How do we do that? The Holy Spirit. That is why we have the Holy Spirit. So Acts 1 verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and the end of the earth. So this is what we were talking about earlier. The, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon people for a specific purpose. This is that purpose. The reason why we all have the Holy Spirit is because we are called to be witnesses of God in spirit, in truth, and in power. Amen. Then, um, then so the, the, the next facet of what the Holy Spirit does for us is that He teaches us. He helps us remember all that Jesus did. So in John 14, verse 26, it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So this is to, it may be sometimes hard to say, Oh, Lord, you know, uh, it's really difficult to love my neighbor the way I should. Or it's really difficult to uh, pray for people and step out in boldness. But but what, what, what this is basically saying is like, don't worry, the Holy Spirit is the helper. He's there to guide you. He's there to bring to remembrance what is, the, what is the law that Jesus laid down? What is the commands that Jesus laid down? He'll bring it to remembrance. He'll teach you how to live a righteous life, how to live a sanctified life. It's really not in our own strength. Um, and the, the, the one verse that I always found was quite interesting, and it, it still interests me, but it's 1 Corinthians 12 verse 3, and it's about, how we cannot call Jesus our Lord without the Holy Spirit. And I'll dive into that in a little bit, but let me read it. So 1 Corinthians 12 verse 3 says, Therefore I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. And what I think this means, uh, or at least my my revelation on this specific uh, scripture, is that if you... What they're talking about here is truly saying Jesus is Lord. And what that means is Jesus is Lord over your life. What does that mean? That every single area of your life is yielded and submitted and surrendered to Him. And what Jesus says goes, regardless of what your plans say, regardless of what your personal uh, situation is, it's to put Jesus above in every single situation. And that's a really difficult thing to do. It's really difficult. Like um, if now, let's say... Oh, you get some, finally some breakthrough comes and you get uh, some money inflow, but then the Holy Spirit says, okay, well, that person's actually more in need of you. You go give it to them. That is a really difficult thing to do, especially when you need it yourself. But if you are truly saying Jesus is Lord, Jesus says to love your neighbor more than you love yourself. Um, and, and the Holy Spirit enables you to really, really live that life of surrender. Um. Then, then part of what Jesus 
now we're getting to the, the part about Jesus' character. We need to have the, the character of Jesus. And what is the character of Jesus? So this is probably one of the, the, the most common parts of the, the teaching of the Holy Spirit, but it's the fruits of the Spirit. So in Galatians 5, verse 22 to 23. So, but the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So that sounds pretty straightforward um, and say, oh, you know, love, joy, it's easy. But is it, it's not actually that easy. It's really difficult to love people in certain situations. It's really difficult to have patience in certain situations or peace in certain situations or to even be gentle in certain situations. This is saying at all times to have love, joy, peace, patience. Not when like it's going good, you just ended early on a Friday, you got some extra money, then you can have the fruits of the Spirit. It's also on Monday morning you need the fruits of the Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that impartation can only come from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there to transform your character to look like Jesus. And that is the fruit of the Spirit. And, and finally... Uh, about how, and this ties up with what we mentioned earlier about power, but to really, we are called as Christians to, to manifest the kingdom of God Amen. here on earth. We are called to manifest the will of God here on earth. How do you do that? In the kingdom, there is no sickness. So we are called to heal. In the kingdom, there is no heartbreak. So we are called to heal heartbreak. You know, and the, and the examples can go on, but um, the Holy Spirit imparts specific gifts to us so that we may bring the kingdom of God here on earth, that we may manifest the will and the kingdom of God here on earth. And now, so 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 to 11 says, Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to other the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, ability to distinguish between spirits. And to other, various kinds of tongues. And to another, interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Uh, all these are powered by, uh, by one and the same Spirit, who, uh, who apportions to each one individually as He wills. So you, and what I, what I, remember what I said in the beginning, I want you to really trust the Lord for what you want to take out of the service today. I'm just talking, I'm just laying down the scripture, but just now I really want you to seek what you want from the Lord. And the Bible says it is a good thing. We really should be seeking these gifts. Why? So that we can become more like Jesus, so that we can manifest his kingdom, manifest his will here on earth and so that we can ultimately expand his kingdom and preach to all the ends of the earth and now gifts trust me guys holy spirit gifts it has nothing to do with age in fact if you if you want to go by uh, you know what they did in the in the bible it's a, what a mom always teaches us it's like it was 17 year olds like teenagers was when the disciples first came under the ministry of Jesus. So considering it's youth month, I really do not want anyone, no matter how old you are, whether you're in Sunday school at the moment and you can watch this on Facebook later, or whether you're in junior school, high school, varsity, it does not matter how old you are. Because the Spirit of God is the person 
that does the work through you. The Spirit of God is the power. The Spirit of God is the character. So it's got nothing to do with you. That's actually one of the great things about Christianity. Is it's got very little to do with us, actually. And we actually don't need to do that much except yield. Yield, yield, yield. And we had a really cool conversation at, um, at HomeSoul on Wednesday. It was a nice small group. And we basically spoke a lot about yielding. What does it look like to yield to the Holy Spirit? And it was really fun. And we all shared different testimonies about, oh, what did it look like when I yielded to the Holy Spirit? Or stories of like, oh, so how did Smith Wigglesworth yield to the Holy Spirit? And all these really cool faith-stirring, um, faith-stirring uh, stories and testimonies. But, um, but yeah, it's, like, it's, it's not about the age. It's about yielding. So, so now, uh, talking about yielding, so like now, how do you do? So you've got the Holy Spirit. You know why you've got the Holy Spirit. But what do you do next? And, and that's exactly what we just mentioned now. It's about yielding. It's about being, Lord, okay, I understand you gave me a Holy Spirit for this purpose. You gave me the Holy Spirit so that I could look like you, Jesus. You gave me the Holy Spirit so that I could come back into partnership with you, so that I could come back into my original design. You've given me the Holy Spirit that I can go and bring your kingdom, bring your will. But how do I actually start doing this? How do I actually start operating in the gifts? How do I start operating in the character of Jesus? And it's just about being aware of the Spirit, learning how to hear the Holy Spirit, being aware of the Holy Spirit, and yielding to the Holy Spirit. So there's a verse in Galatians 5, verse 16 to 18. It says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desire of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So it's, we are often in life now in modern days, it's predominantly, uh, well, in the world, it's all flesh driven. Everything is determined and driven by the flesh. And what do we mean by that? It's like your carnal mind. It's, um, oh, okay, so I'm not going to give to this guy because I actually need to save this money because, um, you know, or whatever for my own personal need. Or it's just thinking kindly. It's thinking the way the world thinks. But Jesus does not think the same way. And, and we need to yield to the Spirit so that we don't let our flesh lead our lives. We let the Spirit lead our lives. Because the Bible says that if you lead by the Spirit, you will live by the Spirit and you will live and you will not die. But if you live according to the flesh and you live carnally, the only, the only route that that leads to is death. And it's about death. Also, it's, it's about eternal. We're talking about eternal stuff there, but it's also about your own spirit. Will your spirit be alive or will you just have this dead, dreary uh, empty spirit and living flipped according to the flesh, living carnally, living according to the world is empty. But Jesus is life and life in abundance. Amen. So the Bible specifically says, we are his sheep and we hear his voice. So the first thing is you need to have faith that you can hear the Holy Spirit. You need to believe, you need to apply your faith and say, Lord, you know, your word says a lot about this and I'm actually going to apply my faith. I'm going to believe you that you do talk to me, that you do want to be with me, that you are within me. And then it's about opening up your ears and saying, Lord, your word says that I hear your voice. So I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen until I hear your voice. So we're called to walk in the Spirit, live by the Spirit. 
And now I'm wrapping up my message and uh, maybe we can have uh, I or you can come up because um, I want to also do what I want to do next is I want to do uh, an altar call first and foremost for anyone that's, that's maybe been listening and saying, I don't really know um, this Jesus. Uh, we're talking about Holy Spirit, but before you can even re receive the Holy Spirit, you need to receive Jesus as your Lord. Um, so I just want to give an opportunity if there is anybody that isn't um, that hasn't yet accepted Jesus as your Savior. Uh, if you if you can raise your hand, we can pray with you, pray for you, um, and we can just minister with you. Awesome! Looks like everyone's saved. But let's just say a prayer together anyway, guys, in case there's anyone shy. Lord Jesus, thank you for your salvation. Thank you, Jesus, that you have come down and died for our sin. And thank you that through faith we can receive repentance. Thank you that we can receive eternal life and salvation. Thank you, Jesus, that you are my Lord and you are my Savior. I yield to you. I surrender to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, guys. We hope that you enjoyed today's message. Our services are streamed live on our Facebook page every Sunday morning at 9.30. For more information and resources, please go to our website, www.frontlinecitychurch.co.za or look us up on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube.